Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bigwire show on the network. Kicking off our next edition here of the big broadcast. We've got Alan K. Patch. He's going to join us here in just a few moments, patiently waiting on the telephone. And uh, we will get to Dr. Patch here in just a few moments. Check out JiggyJaguar.com for more information. Also download our app, JiggyJaguar.us. Thanks to our good friends at Talk America Live. Of course, uh, each and every day, Talk America Live brings you the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast on the Liberty Channel. I am so happy to be on the Liberty Channel because I don't want to be on the other channel. I don't know if they've got another channel. I haven't done enough research to know if they've got another channel. I just know we're on the Liberty Channel. I see the tweets. Check the tweets. I have, and I'm there. Uh, Dr. Alan K. Patch is going to join us here in just a few moments. He's a retired Navy captain, historian, and author. And of course, he's got the great books, Passage to Delphi, and Delphi's Chosen, available at akpatchauthor.com. And today's Patches of History, Bunker Hill, a look at heroes from the other side. And after the initial volleys fired at Lexington and Concord on the 18th of April, 1775, Patriot militias began to surround Boston and the 6,000 British troops stationed there. On June 17, 1775, the British Army landed troops in Charleston to destroy fortified bunker and Breed's Hills. The uh, British attack was repulsed twice, but uh, running low on powder, the Minutemen could not hold back a third charge and left the British in control of the position. Almost half of attacking British forces have been killed and wounded, causing a Patriot leader to say, I wish we could sell them another hill at the same price. (laughs) A British Marine major played a pivotal role in both battles, and here is the story. We have got Mr. Alan K. Patch with us today. Doctor, how are you today? Oh, great, Jiggy. And here we go, another another segment of Patch of the History. Yes, and this is a very interesting one today. First of all, who is Major John... Pitcairn? Pitcairn, yeah. Pitcairn, okay. Pitcairn, um, and and there's another part of this at the end that I'll tell you about, even an interesting addition to this. But, you know, I want to tell you, I was just in Boston, as we talked about last week, and I grew up there, Jiggy. But every time I go there, I learn something new. And, uh, you know, and history must be interesting, because there are huge crowds of tourists there, Jiggy, all walking the Freedom Trail and learning about, you know, what happened back in the days of... uh, you know, the revolution. So, anyway, I want to tell you the story about okay. Major John Pitcairn. And uh, so he he was part of the bo- the occupation forces of Boston. The British Army had had, a, had a, a number of soldiers there. And so, you know, when when we get to the point where we have Lexington and Concord, he's in charge of a t- detachment of 600 Marines. And so when, when, when the British troops march on Lexington and Concord, He's in charge of the advance party, so he's the major who's in charge of the troops that get to Lexington Concord early in the morning. The Patriots are all waiting there. Somebody fires a shot, and then the British troops open up and kill you know, some, some of the Minutemen that are there. So he's really involved in the shot heard around the world, Jiggy. He's right there. And so he was lucky he survived you know, all the... You know, because the colonials attacked the British all the way back. They hid in the trees and behind fences, and they harassed them all the way back to Boston. Um, he survived that, but he lost a pair of his pistols. He had probably had, like, you know, match pistols, and one of the uh, American, uh, the Revolution commanders found them. So this is an important guy. So first of all, he's involved with Lexington and Concord. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. It is Patches of History today here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border. Now, uh... That, that, that there is more to this story. Give, 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 give me some more details here, my friend. Well, here we go. You know, so he was in that first battle, but now two months later, you know, we have the Minutemen building uh, these earthworks on the top of Breed's Hill. They call it Bunker Hill, but it's really Breed's Hill. And uh, I was just there taking pictures and looking at the whole story of the battle, which I had already known, but it's always nice to get the details. 
And so during this battle, yeah, the, we, the colonials repulsed two charges, but the major Pitcairn is in one of those charges. He's, one, he's part of the reinforcements, and he marches up the hill with his Marines. And just as they're getting to the top, he gets shot. And he falls back into the arms of his son, Jiggy. And they can tell he's mortally wounded, wounded. He kisses his father on the forehead, and then he charges back up the hill. They take Major Pitcairn, the father, they put him on a boat, they send him across the water, and he goes to the Old North Church. I mean, the Old North Church, remember, is where Paul Rivera had the, the two guys hanging the lanterns, one up by land, two up by sea. This is, this is a church, but it's also been turned into a hospital for the wounded soldiers coming back from Bunker Hill. So, so Major Pitcairn gets back there, but he dies. And so the problem is, is that, you know, unfortunately, he has fought his son saw him for the last time, kicked him in the forehead, and the father died as he gets to the uh, cross to Boston. Now, uh, we have got the great Alan K. Patches today. Today's topic, Bunker Hill, a look at heroes from the other side today on Patches of History. Passage at Delphi and Delphi's Chosen are available. The website, akpatchauthor.com. That's akpatchauthor.com. And for the people in the cheap seats in the back, akpatchauthor.com. <laughs> now, uh, what's interesting about where he is buried? Well, here... Jiggy, I just went on this tour the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I've been in Boston all this time, and I never went on this tour. They brought us up to the steeple, and they brought us down to the crypts underneath. And that's where Major Pitcairn is buried with uh, a lot of his other British soldiers that died in the battle. There's a lot of them down there. But, uh, you know, it's dark down there, Jiggy, and the guy was describing the tour. You know, he's going, they couldn't see anything down here. It would be dark. They would have these little lamps going down. Can you imagine? And they... And they bury all these guys down in these crypts down there. And then later, his wife sends for the body, Jiggy. She wants to give Major Kit Karen a, a uh, you know, a proper burial in England. And they send the body back, Jiggy, but it's not the right one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they don't get the right one. But they didn't so get the right guy. They buried buried. some other guy. <laughs> Somebody else got buried in Westminster Abbey. I don't know, but it wasn't him. So Major Pitcairn is still down there uh, with a lot of his other British troops, and, and uh, Queen Elizabeth II visited there in 1976 and went to a service there uh, on our bicentennial, and uh, that was probably quite an honor for them to have her there. But I want to tell you the next interesting thing, Jake. Okay, jump Pitcairn in there. Fill us in, my friend. He had a 15-year-old son, and so uh, the other son fought the Battle of uh, Bunker Hill, but he had another son. I think he had a few others. And this 15-year-old boy was in the British Navy. And so while they're, while they're sailing around the Pacific, he's the one who discovers an uncharted island. And they give it a name. They call it Pitcairn's Island. Now, this is, this is funny because a lot of us can re remember that uh, about the story of mutiny on the bounty. And so when Fletcher Christian, you know, takes off with the ship and leaves the Captain Bly on his little uh, longboat to sail around for over 100 days or whatever it was, they land on Pitcairn's Island, and that's where they set up shop. So he's responsible for that, too. Absolutely amazing. We have the fantastic uh, A.K. Patch with us today. Now, A.K., do you have anything else for this Patches of History? Only thing I want to say, Jiggy, is, you know, we, we have to learn something from all this. Patch of History is about, you know, bringing the past and giving a context to the future. But, but works of fiction can revive history, Jiggy, just like just like the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. People were probably forgotten about it if it weren't for the poem. And, uh, you know, look, look at this. Mutiny on the Bounty brings back interest in Pitcairn's Island, what happened with that uh, whole situation. So it, works of fiction can revive history. And the last thing would be that, you know, it's important we have... We have all these heroes, you know, stories of men, women, and, and their families who serve the countries with honor and distinction. And we can only hope as we go forward that our leaders really heavily weigh the risks of war before they act. And uh, so another another patch of the history, and, and there's a story of Forrest from Boston. Well, uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. Check out akpatchauthor.com, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. Okay, okay Jiggy, great to be with you. Definitely. That was Alan K. Patch, our good buddy, and uh, we will talk to him next week. More Patches of History here on the big broadcast. Sheila Zlaninsky is going to be joining us here in a few moments. Jay Izzo will join us as well. He's going to ride shotgun, as Alex Jones would say. 
Yeah, he's looking at a red shotgun with him. We got more coming up. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-19. Oregon DM-80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission DC-32. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-549-6183 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-549-6183. That's 800-549-6183. Again, 800-549-6183. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-378-8005 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-378-8005. That's 800-378-8005. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. It's a minute report for America. Long after it had become painfully obvious to even the most casual observers, the Obama administration has finally decided that ISIS is guilty of genocide. It has, however, failed to admit that its own incompetence led to the conditions allowing ISIS to become a powerful force. The conflict in Iraq had already long lost popular support before Mr. Obama took the oath of office in 2009. However, the continuing post-war presence of American troops served an important purpose. Iraq's internal conflicts, never far from the surface, were kept somewhat at bay as the nation moved slowly but significantly towards democracy. Obama's total withdrawal of U.S. troops from Iraq allowed ISIS to thrive. That's why the White House has been so reluctant to admit reality. It placed its own image above the needs of the nation. I'm Frank Ferruccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com. The Chief Jaguar Radio Program is back on the network. Well, it is the big broadcast. It is coast to coast. It is border to border. It is TuneIn. It is iTunes. It is Radio Loyalty Stitcher. And the brand new Cheeky Jaguar app available in the App Store. 
JiggyJaguar.us. I'm trying to get our gimmick up here and trying to make it work. And you know, you know how this all works. Okay, we are going to call Sheila Zlaninsky here in a few moments. She is going to be live with us here in just a few moments. And then we're going to bring in the doctor. We're going to bring the doctor. That Jay is a man. Jay is a man. Hello, Sheila. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's James Lowe with KJAG Radio. Let me get our co-host in here mr j izzo or dr izzo as i have to call him because he is he he is a doctor and uh we've got sheila zelensky with us today she joins us live and uh here on iHeartRadio and amfm247.com as well as uh talk america live and uh we also have with us i believe the the esteemed dr j izzo it, it's 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 better than, than than calling you like uh a blowfish to twine factory dr James yes Israel. it is absolutely <laughs> and uh we've got sheila with us today on the line how are you sheila i'm fantastic how are you guys pretty good actually awesome. now um now, you've you've you, been you, with you, us before <laughs> T- tell us a little bit about uh yourself so we can kind of educate jay here Educate Jay. Okay, well, I mean, I was with government for 15 years. I was with environment, and when I left, I exposed this diabolical green agenda, a.k.a. global warming, you know, the, the climate catastrophe as Al Gore. So, uh, and actually, Al Gore was just back in the news yesterday with all things climate catastrophe, saying the California fires are caused by, you know, man-made global warming. So, it never ends with that. So I, I wrote a book called Green Gospel, exposing this. Really, it's a it's really a green theology. It's the religion of environmentalism, which is really behind the cap and trade, the carbon tax schemes, every single thing we see every day, from our eco cars to sustainability to saving the planet. It's all covered in that book. And then I, I last year I wrote a book called Power Prayers Warfare That Works because. My very good friend, a minister friend out of Texas, really saw a need for people to really start exercising their authority as Christians and really noticed the seeker-friendly emergent church was not teaching the congregation one important thing, which I'm going to share the secret today with you guys. Well, well, Sheila, thank you so much for being on the show. And... I I'm I actually James have done a lot of research on Sheila. I, oh, yeah. Oh no no no. I have done <laughs> a tremendous amount of research on Sheila and was going to talk that she you know I knew she had the two books the Power Prayers were for that works that has come out but then she has the Green Gospel the New World Religion that she wrote about and she actually by the way is is not only uh, a, a very attractive lady but she's brilliant more so than anything and she has a way of being able to combine both christian theology and also has so much intelligence when it comes to the logical arguments that the irrational folks want to make when it comes to trying to discuss religion or politics because so frequently what happens is in our society we get so emotionally caught up into what we do that Sheila has a way of being able to bring the spiritual into a more rational argument, which I think is brilliant because I believe that uh, we are four-part people. I believe that we're physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual people. Whether people want to believe that or not, we just are. And she has a beautiful way of being able to pull that in. And she is a force. There's no doubt you are a force to be reckoned reckoned with Sheila. You are one outspoken and uh one outspoken lady and you clearly are ruffling a lot of feathers out there so congratulations to you for doing that <laughs> yes r- uh, ruffling feathers i'm i'm pretty well known for that right wing watch actually just did a story so i'm the reigning tinfoil hat kook according to them yesterday i did an nfl smackdown show and right wing watch they kind of feature me every other week so 
I must be on somebody's radar. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, well, you are because you just you just call, you just basically called the NFL out and said that it is basically a Soros production, is yeah. what you just what you just wrote on your Facebook page, that uh, that you know look this is everything that we're seeing this is all part of the Soros plan, right? It, this is just just is just one piece of it, and of course what I just read today was that the NFL is down seven percent year to date in terms of viewership, so. There's clearly a reaction going on and happening there. So you're, I know you're ruffling a lot of feathers, and I know that you are speaking to a lot of groups and talking. How are you? You know, I, I follow your, I follow your Facebook page, of course, and then you know your other social media accounts. How are you holding up under the pressure? Well, you know, here's the thing: we just do the best we can at trying to wake people up and I think that's a really important thing in this time and I think what's really reassuring and almost redemptive for me which is a good question you know because you do get your onslaught of attack I get relegated to the depths of the damned and those are the nice ones so we do get a lot of you know we get fervent vitriolic rebuke from a lot of pastors surprisingly are the ones that really attack me and a lot of people can be super nasty of course the the liberal lemmings are coming out of the woodwork to attack. So you're right. It just it kind of is this thing that you just learn to say, well, it's part of the territory. That's you know, it's just it's just part for the course. But one of the interesting redemptive parts of it is I think the gods of America are crumbling and so as these systems collapse, you know, the, the NFL gods, the the Hollywood crew, I mean look it's happening all throughout Hollywood. I mean, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. The, you know, but it's kind of redemptive because I think as these systems collapse, I think people are saying, okay, you know what? Something stinks in Denmark. Something stinks at the whole Vegas narrative. You know, I could do a ten-part series on questions I still have. You know, and why did Jesus Campo go on Ellen DeGeneres? Shouldn't he be sitting down with FBI on one of the worst U.S. mass shootings? Forget right. going on a talk show. Right, right. I mean, that's ridiculous. So there's just so many things that are happening that I think the mass majority of people are saying, you know, something just, something stinks here. Well, I agree with you. I mean, I remember being someone who was born in New Jersey and then, of course, moved. But I remember back in those days that, you know, the mafia could never be convicted of anything. But you knew who was doing everything, right? I mean, we knew. And it's just the same. I just feel like it's the same thing over and over again. Look, I know you can't prove that anybody did anything, but darn it, just the, there's enough evidence there that says you know who's doing it, but nobody wants to open their eyes. Now, I'm going to say something to you that I'm actually not shocked that you said and that you actually have pastors attacking you. I, I am not shocked at that. Because the church has been well known for eating their own, they've been they've been well known. And if you if you go out as first of all as a female, and depending on certain churches, that there are certain denominations out there. I'm not going to mention them, but there are certain denominations out there that will because you're a female, by the way, and that you're trying to quote unquote preach the gospel that you have no right to do that as a female. So first of all, you need to, you, you, nobody should be surprised at this because this is what churches do. And then also I'm not surprised that churches and pastors um, pick on you because they feel that you're, that you are preaching an alternative gospel and you're not. Okay. I mean, if anybody does their biblical homework and if they just read, if you want to read one book, read Galatians, She's not preaching an alternative gospel. It's not Jesus plus gospel. That's not what she does. And so, I, I, I mean, I, I, I am, I'm reading your stuff. I'm looking at your stuff, and I'm going, you know what? She's got a pretty solid message. I'm, I'm, it's hard, and it's really hard to refute you. I mean, when people are calling you names and not attacking what you are saying, that's, that's. I mean, it says volumes to me. Well, and you know what? We're actually commissioned in the scripture, and that's what I get a kick out of is everything I talk about, I can back up in scripture. The word of God is infallible and errant. It's inerrant. And so we're in Ephesians 5.11. It says not only to have no fellowship with the end, 
fruitful works of darkness, but it says to expose them. And that'll get a lot of gasps from the audience. But it actually says that we're, Jesus said to occupy until he comes, not sit around and duck and hide and, and hunker down in a bunker, some underground silo, and just hope that Jesus gets, you know, raptures us out of here. This is really important that people understand that we are to expose the unfruitful works of darkness, the George Soros and ilk, the, you know, the Hillary Clinton body count, you know, every other day. And it's amazing to me that this, uh, and I just say things that kind of shock people because we're supposed to be nice. But here's the deal, guys. I don't cater to the devil. I don't be nice to the devil. I'm, I'm tired of playing nice. And I think that's the thing that is really, Christians have to wake up to this idea that Jesus actually made bullwhips and he was kicking butt and taking names in those, in those houses of worship, saying, calling people the most incredible vitriolic rebuke broad of vipers, you snakes, you dogs. So, you know, this whole idea that Christians have to be nice and kumbaya, let's join hands, let's have a group hug. No, this is actually incorrect. And it's very interesting that this gets twisted to make it sound like, okay, turn the other cheek. Okay, I did that twice. And now I'm going to, you know, kick butt and chew bubble gum here. So I guess people just think that it's all about you know, embracing everything, but it's actually not. It's, in fact, the opposite. We are, we have power and authority over all the power of the devil, it says there in Luke ten nineteen, and and Christians are not exercising any kind of authority. You know, if I, if I jumped out in the middle of the street and I had a badge and I told you, stop in the name of the law, well, you're not going to veer around me or run me over. If I have this badge that says I have authority and the backing of a police station, you're going to stop and you're going to acquiesce to what I'm doing. Well, it's the same thing. Christians have power and authority, but they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to do spiritual warfare. They really don't know much of anything. Why? Because a lot of these politically correct, let's not offend anyone, light and fluffy cotton candy churches are acquiescing to this global agenda. And that's a sad, tragic, regrettable thing, I think. So you... You have a. Uh, by the way, we're we're um, we're having this amazing conversation with Sheila Zelinsky. And by the way, she has a little website called WeekendVigilante dot com, and uh, that she does, and she actually has an app for that as well. And she also has a couple of books out there that you need to take a look at. It's called Power Prayers, Warfare That Works, available on Amazon. Uh, paperback and also Kindle edition, and she has a book that she also wrote called Green Gospel: The New World Religion, and uh, available on Amazon and Kindle edition as well. You, do you have either of those books on Audible or iTunes? That are Sheila? No, actually, we don't have an audible like the actual Audible book. The okay. um, so we, they're not available yet, but they're coming okay. out in 2018. So we're going to have the. The ones you can just yeah listen to. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I as somebody who has a book, you know, has and it got a couple more coming. Found that the Audible books are just amazing. There's more and more people reading Audible books, so I encourage you to, uh, if you don't have an Audible, get an Audible book because I think it's going to be awesome. Because people, I think, would love to listen to you, especially if you read it. I think it would be fantastic. Um, so I understand, and by the way, you are terribly. Um, forceful, and, and which, by the way, I love it. And I understand exactly what you're saying in terms of the church today are playing too nice and being so politically correct, and I get that as well. But there's another piece that I want to ask you about, and this is the issue of fake news. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because there is going to be a major crackdown that's about to occur on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media sites in regard to fake news. And you're going to be thrown in that group as being fake news, Sure. by the way. How are you? How do you look to defend that piece? Because there, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm, I, am, I am serious when, I'm, when I tell people this. You don't understand. The powers that be that are Twitter and Facebook and even Google search – they are going to make a decision of what they consider fake news or what's not fake news. And you're going to be right at the top of the list 
Sheila? Well, I'm, I'm already, just, yeah, I'm, I'm already telling you. And I mean, I, I would ask, and, and, you know, surprisingly, ironically, if Facebook was really cracking down on all these fake news sites, we probably shouldn't be seeing stories on our feed from CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBC, and NBC, really, if they were cracking down on fake news. But, and that's the irony is, you know, this, this ginormous media conglomerate, they've been, you know, pushing out propaganda for years and years. And I guess that's the really staggering part of it is the new media, as I call it. You know, we are getting vitriolically attacked. YouTube uh, has demonetized every single one of my videos. And in fact, they, they won't even post a lot of them in any kind of feeds because they're deemed unsuitable content, offensive content, anything with religious overtones. Christi- Christianity is under attack. I don't know if people understand this, but we're being attacked every other day on gulag and fascist book. I call them gulag and, and fake book. Every single thing that we post, you know, they're not, they're not appearing in threads. They're getting demonetized. They're getting taken off. I had my whole entire YouTube channel that had 375,000 subscribers three and a half years ago. I started talking about British pedophilia and started really kicking the doors open on Hell's Kitchen and exposing what is just now coming out. Um, the other little dark secret in Hollywood that no one wants to talk about, by the way, and uh, it's not Harvey Weinstein, FYI. It's preying on young children. That's the other secret that for some reason, you know, what happened to Pizzagate, Pedogate, they just went away. So I think this is an issue we can't drop. But you're absolutely right. We're, we're attacked. We're uh, having our things taken down. So that was actually taken down. And then I started building up another YouTube channel just three and a half years ago. And, and right now I've actually lost 50,000 uh, tweeter followers, I guess, if you want to call them on Twitter. I had 87,000 uh, just two months ago. I called out John Podesta as the child rapist that he is. And, ev- and then the next day I was down 10,000 followers. And I thought, that's odd. And then every day for the next 26 days, I'm down 1,000. So that just kind of shows you some of the, the attacks that we're getting here in, the, in just subjects that you're not supposed to talk about. Well, you, you're right about Christianity, first of all. I, I don't think people understand it, that no other religion gets attacked nearly as frequently or as often as Christianity does. And I mean seriously attacked. I don't mean a little bit. I mean seriously, seriously attacked. And I don't think anybody realizes that. That it. it I mean, there are people in this country that I, I literally have seen and witnessed. And listen, I write. I write about social media for business and all sorts of things. But literally, I have read where people want to kill the Christians. I mean, we are like. I'm like, oh my gosh, we are like this close to being Rome. I'm, I'm telling you, there is, there is. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we are this close to Nero. If you're a Christian in today's world, you are, you are. They're ready to turn you into a candle and burn you in the middle of an NFL football stadium. I'm, well, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not making that. People think I'm crazy when I say that. I'm like, going, no, you know, you just, just read Facebook long enough. There are people who want to kill the Christians. And Donald Trump supporters too. <laughs> you can lump. Well, them yeah. In. Well, if you want to lump some of that in there too, sure. They're, but they generally consider them the same, right? Absolutely, and you know that's what goes back to the NFL. I mean, ten years ago, I was telling people that the NFL was the biggest globalist propaganda anti-Christian machine. How it was tied to the DHS and stunning things about FEMA that I was showing people on record. These were declassified documents. This was irrefutable. And it was just crickets chirping. But I, I showed how it was, you know, all this thing under the guise of multiculturalism, how that is straight out of the pit of hell. It's very malevolent, but it's disguised as benevolent. Let's just embrace everyone and sing Kumbaya and the coexist bumper sticker. And I'll tell you, the, this whole diversity and acceptance thing is very dangerous to the backbone of America. And that's what I was trying to explain to people is, you know, first you're going to see this this whole idea that Christians are going to be attacked and, oh, we've got to bake a cake for these guys. And next thing we know, it's transgender bathrooms and embrace everything. So at, at what point do we just say, you know what, enough is enough. 
we're not going to cater and acquiesce to this this devilish agenda. We're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to take down the Ten Commandments in the courthouse like Roy Moore did. Good for him. I want to move to Alabama just to have that guy at the helm. But, I mean, good for guys like that. And the BBC said on record the guy was a complete nut job because how dare he have these strong views on on pro-life or, you know, these abhorrent euphemisms they always use for things like abortion, the killing of babies. No, they want to call it freedom of lifestyle, freedom of choice, you know, just this, this gay agenda marches on. You know, how far do we let things push before we just start saying, you know what, no, this is an offense to me. It's an offense when I hear, you know, you want to take a knee for your country. You look at a veteran with his leg blown off. That's what taking a knee looks like for your country. And I think it's a slap in the face. to I know my grandfather stormed the beaches of Normandy and would roll in his grave. He was shot, in fact, on those beaches and would roll in his grave if he saw the stuff that we don't bat an eye over, the, the stuff that our parents would take to the street. We don't, we don't even shrug our shoulders. And I think that our founders endowed us with a heck of a trust fund of freedom and liberty, but it's a slap in the face when I see those men kneeling. And I think it's disgusting, abhorrent, and vile. And I think, well, empty stadiums are really telling the tale right now, aren't they? Well, I think so, and and I, and I think you're right. And I, 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 I swear, you you must not have, you must not sleep, you, you must never sleep, because I mean, you are constantly out there researching and finding information, and and holy cow, girl! I mean, I, I, do you do you do you sleep at all? I mean, that I mean, you're amazing with all well, the stuff that. You know, I, I think I just want to cover, um, I want to present, I have a doctorate degree. I went to seminary, which I call cemetery, don't tell anyone. Um, no, you know, that's what we call it, that's what we call it too. <laughs> I had a really, I had a very good high-level government job. And uh, as, as a person who's been gifted with some level of intelligence, some semblance of it, I think it's just really due diligent for me to present an argument that is really irrefutable. Not some tinfoil hat sitting in the basement eating Cheetos in mom's basement and, and saying, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure that Robert Downey did it. No, it's really, you know, presenting an argument for something. And, and really, I think that's important to give somebody a lot of information. And, and declassified documents is something I've always, you know, tried to include. When there was a FEMA document that came out, that was, that was not me talking. That was FEMA. When the New York Times, by the way, just had... And I think the L.A. Times covered this, too. Witches casting spells on Donald Trump. That wasn't me saying it. That was front page mainstream news. I mean, when did we ever hear that, oh, witches all over the world are gathering to concoct spells and and do these little incantations and divination towards Donald Trump? I mean, how disgusting is that? And Christians aren't allowed to say anything? I don't think so. So it's a bit of the my passion uh, mixed with my research background, fueled with my also my, I guess it's just a real passion to see that people wake up and understand what's going on. So people are just not in a dystopic trance, walking around, you know, with the Pied Piper pastor, lulling people to sleep. And a lot of these pastors have, I call out the clergy response team, that go off to these little FEMA trainings and they know how to subjugate their congregations. And I think that's wrong too. So I say, listen, you know, if you go to a church, ask your pastor about the New World Order, and if he tells you it's a conspiracy theory, find a new church. Mm. Mm. So, uh, I, first of all, I want to just say, I, I know you know this, and I know you know how fortunate you are. Just like James and I, we're extraordinarily fortunate that we get to do what we do because we don't actually have to. I'm, I'm not dependent on anybody else for my paycheck except myself, yeah. right? Because I work for myself, you work for yourself. You don't work for someone, and it's very, very difficult in today's world, as you well know, that you can't, you cannot. If you espouse a view that you just espouse right now, you're fired. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're done. Yeah, you're I mean, done. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, and I, I, I think there's because there's, and and then, by the way, you become unhireable. Okay, I, I, and I've and I've seen this that you become unhireable. Not only that, not only that, Sheila. Here's the other thing. The other thing is like if you, I, I have a friend who is in the mortgage industry, who espouses his views, and they are extraordinarily conservative, 
and very Christian conservative. He's unreferable. People will not refer him business. Wow. And because of his views on Facebook and and Twitter. And so uh, it's, I mean, I mean, you're very, very fortunate to be in the position that you are because if you if you weren't doing what you were doing, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, seriously. Well, I'll give it, you an example of that. When I was with Environment, I started calling out, um, you know, calling out a lot of these. We would get, and in fact, I was the one that presented Water for Life, an eco-sustainability plan, and I was right in the thick of things, and I started questioning, okay, wait a minute here, you know, they're talking about an ozone uh, hole. They were talking about things that I knew just factual were not, they weren't an issue. There was no hole in the ozone layer, despite everybody running around with this rhetoric and these talking points. And then when Al Gore started his little inconvenient, uh, well, we won't get into his movie. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But when I saw them, I was stunned at the propaganda and the actual non-factual information, just working with a lot of climatologists and climate scientists I was stunned that people were just eating this stuff up, hook, line, and sinker, and I thought, there's something wrong with this. There's something wrong when these, why are these people pushing this agenda when they're pushing false information, propaganda, lies, and non-factual information? So, you know, I started calling them out for this, and I'll never forget when one of the environmental ministers said, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, Sheila. What matters is that we do the right thing. Well, that sounded suspiciously similar to something mm. that the good old patron saint to the mm. environment, the Pope, said on record when he came out with his stunning 82-page encyclical just two years ago. And what did he say in there? Verbatim. It's a moral imperative, the greater good. We need to do this because it's the right thing to do. We need to implement strict, uh, well, what they want, really, what we, he was pushing for in this. This is the Pope of the of the 1.8 billion Catholics on the planet saying, listen up, we need to take charge and lead this fight in the man-made climate crisis. I was shocked. This is coming from the Pope, and he said, listen, mm. you know, we need to, to roll up our sleeves and get with the program and lead the charge on this. And what was stunning is he said, because it's the greater good, the moral imperative. If that isn't right out of Hitler's National Socialist Party mantra, I don't know what is. Oh well, we've got revisionist revisionist history when it comes to Hitler. You mm. know, Hitler. You know, Hitler wasn't. Hitler never took away the guns. Hitler. Hitler never removed the guns from the people. Hitler never was a religion. Hitler never did all these things, right? And yet, he was the most despicable human being on the planet. And they want to make. And then what they do is it's kind of funny. Is they want to make Trump look like Hitler. And actually, it's the fur he's actually the furthest thing from Hitler in terms of a fascist government. And and people, I'm just telling you, we've got this whole history thing confused. We've got this whole this whole thing has gotten so confused and turned upside down. We've made evil good and good evil. We've made the bad guys the good guys. We've made the police officers the bad guys. And we it's just twisted. It's just, it's so twisted. Well, the Bible talks about that. It says, woe unto those calling good evil and evil good. And it talks about in the last days that people would go raving mad. Well, this is like a nature hike through about seven different chapters in the Bible. The book of Daniel, the book of Isaiah, Matthew, Mark, Luke. I mean, it's all just coming to fruition. And people will acknowledge all the evil going on in the world, but they won't acknowledge that there's an answer to all of it either. And I guess that's the frustration we you know we always saw this russian collusion the collusion delusion we've seen it relentlessly and then wikileaks is going to expose hillary clinton's ties to russia and seth rich and now we're seeing all sorts of information coming out about uranium one and the clinton cartels dealings with nuclear i mean it's it's unbelievable the very same thing they accused trump of colluding with russia you know, we're, that story didn't go anywhere, so we had to get the George Soros and Ilk to invent Antifa and everybody's, you know, black lies matter, as I call them. I mean, look what's happening on November 4th. I mean, will there be bl a, a bloodbath with a lot of veterans? They're not going to put up with hooded thugs, um, domestic terrorists, remember foreign and domestic. So 
they're not going to put up with that. You know, these 50,000 or whatever they're calling to to remove Trump forcibly from office. I mean, what is going on in our country where there's this vitriolic disrespect all by Helly Weird every single day you cannot turn on any kind of show where Jimmy Kimmel or some late night person or some, you know, Ashley Judd isn't on there talking, you know, smack about the president. I mean, what kind of a planet do we live on when that's acceptable? Well, I, I can't I can't argue that at all. And and do you think do you think Assange will really do you think Julian Assange will really release anything ultimately? Well, well, I wish people would go back and look at what was already released. Um, for example, Podesta, uh, how they're a bunch of, well, it's shocking, really. What Really, it points out to the fact that Hillary Clinton, Podesta, and the like are a bunch of Luciferian, Satanist, high-level warlocks that are doing some pretty creepy things, and children are involved, let's put it that way. I mean, the Teflon snake Hillary Clinton, more impervious to an accountability than her pervert, predator, rapist husband, but you know what? She is going to hang herself because, you know, for too long she's just gotten away and gotten away. And guess what? And and this will be kind of a nice thing for Christians to understand this. Uh, and it's right there in Luke eight seventeen. It says, "For there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought open, brought into the open." I mean, that isn't that a wonderful thing when you know the truth always comes out in the wash with these impervious Teflon cons. Well, I, I just I I hope that I mean first of all Julian Assange did one thing and that was he exposed the, the people don't really want to buy into this and I don't understand because we had all the proof that we needed but Julian Assange exposed the Democratic Party for fixing an election on yeah. that side right and by the way and I've had said oh no Democrats never fixed it. I said well then why did Deborah e. Wasserman Schultz get fired you don't get fired if you did nothing wrong. Right, you you still hammer the gavel, and then as we found out later on, right, the next two in line are no longer going to be part of it either. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, so I mean, clearly he was able to expose a number of things. And you're right, there was a lot in the nineteen thousand or twenty two thousand emails that he was able to recover. And I feel sorry for the young man who got shot in the back, um, right who probably had something to do with it because that wasn't an accident, I don't believe. And uh, that was part of the Democratic Party who they believed that his emails were part of this. And I know that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it, it just doesn't make sense that he was randomly shot the way he was shot in in a very execution-like manner in the back. But my point is, is that he, Julian Assange has been um, awesome in terms of being able to expose some of this stuff. And I hope he can continue doing that because I looked at your on um, Twitter, by the way, we're talking to Sheila Zelinsky. She is a uh, weekend vigilante and author of a couple of books, power prayers, warfare that works. And also author of the book, the green gospel of the new world religion. But I was on your Twitter account because I follow you and you actually have like about a minute video from four corners that um, Hillary Clinton did this interview with talking about Julian Assange. And it's really interesting. Her take uh, is so bizarre. I, I just found it very, very bizarre, her take. Not surprised, but I just found it very, very bizarre how she just tried to throw just throw him under the bus and like not, there's nothing to see here and move on. So I wonder if she's a little bit nervous too as yeah, well. absolutely. That's a really good point that you bring up. Why would she do that three days before, like, throw him under the bus and completely malign his name, and all of a sudden, what, he's going to do the biggest data dump ever? I mean, this... And we're, said. and we're talking about um, you know, the evidence that stems from that file dump taken already by the New York Police Department, and that was Uma Aberdeen's laptop the convicted sexual predator, speaking of predators, Anthony Weiner already had access to that. So not just you have these 30,000 emails, but what is Anthony, I mean, this whole Wienergate thing, we look at, he's a sexual predator. Why is it that, and then you see, did you guys see this picture floating around on, it's all over social media, it's Harvey Weinstein and Hillary Clinton on one side and Uma Abedin on the other side. I thought, yeah, birds of a feather, huh? Wow, wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I listen, I 
I don't know what Julian Assange does, and I think that's what makes him so brilliant because nobody knows what Julian Assange will do because Julian Assange does what Julian Assange wants to do and in any way that he wants to do it. So I'm always anxious when we start to hear rumors that he might release some more information that um, what well, what it will be. Well, but let me interject this. It's not just about releasing it. He was waiting for October 21st, giving, remember, the special prosecutor Robert Mueller and deep state elements within the FBI. He said, hey, listen, you guys have an opportunity. Let's get the evidence out there. Um, we're going to implicate Hillary Clinton. We're getting this thing done. And we're not going to do anything until you, you know, step up to the plate. Like, they know what they're doing is wrong here. He said, I'm not going to do anything until you guys lay the hammer down on this this impervious snake snake in the grass and what happened nothing to see here hillary clinton in fact what did they say do you guys remember last month what they the fbi said listen you know there's no sense convicting her because there's not enough public interest do you remember that oh right 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 yeah there wasn't a well <laughs> there would i think there would be a public outcry is what <laughs> there would be and uh on, on at least one part of it but i think the other piece is how does if anybody if any if anybody and and I'm saying you and me if you or I or anyone that you knew had government information on their personal computer and then took a hammer to it and destroyed evidence what would happen to us Sheila well the exact same thing that would happen to you if you met with uh, say an attorney general one Loretta Lynch mob on the tarmac, that would be pretty much the same thing. Uh, you'd go to federal prison. You'd be indicted for collusion. I mean, talk about collusion. They want to talk about, oh, Trump colluded with Russia. Well, look at what's going on under everyone's nose the whole time. And now we find out that Clintons were doing these uranium deals with Russia. I mean, what part of uh, Caligula-level craziness have we not reached to the point of it's just insanity. Do you not think so? Well, no, it is. And here's the thing is that, as I tell people, you're not going to get the news from your standard news sources because they're not going to give you all the news. They pick and choose what they, stories they want to they want to represent. And if you read Julian Assange's emails, by the way, you'll find out that they also have a narrative on how they're going to spin certain news stories. So they – so, which is really kind of interesting, right? That they they like I read one email that came out that they it was a CNN memo that they they were able to get. I think it was CNN. It may have been MSNBC. Doesn't matter. That they don't want to use the word terrorist. Right. Right. They do, and they do not want to use Islamic or Muslim and the word terrorist in the same sentence. Yeah, there's they have a lot of these phrases they they mm -hmm. simply will not talk about. Yeah, they will. They refuse to use that, even though it's true. They will not. You, you, you watch that. You watch. Just listen to a newscast, folks. You, you don't think it's true? Listen to the last time you heard anybody on CNN, NBC, MSNBC. I don't care. Name your affiliate. Last time they used the word Islamic or Muslim and terrorist in the same sentence. Well, actually, the guy that shot up the church just a couple weeks ago, like just over ten days ago, they actually said a Sudanese immigrant. Guess what the major religion is well, there? Of course. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.